Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. On today's message, so quicker than you think. And again, at the end, we can just share our hearts or, you know, any thoughts that you had about today's message. But quicker than you think. You've probably heard this a thousand times by seasoned parents or maybe parents whose children are adults now. I've heard this many times. It it goes by quicker than you think. Or from high chair to high school, I'll literally never forget the older man who told us that one day at um, a subway. My child was in the high chair and he goes, man, from high chair to high school. And it never uh, left my mind. Um, Or maybe you've heard several times, the days are long, but the years are short, or something like that. No matter if you have a newborn, a toddler, a teen, or an adult child now, I'm sure you can say that that's true. So wouldn't that make us really reflect on how important our time with them truly is? You know, the short time that they are under our roof, what we teach them, the example we set for them, the love that we give them, it really does matter. It shapes the course of their life and influences them far beyond what we can see. Some of y'all may have heard of this philosopher, and it's very rare I'll, I'll quote anything else really besides the scripture, right? But philosopher Aristotle, he once said this, he said, give me a child until he is seven and I will show you the man. There's statistics Um, that say that uh, children learn almost um, most uh, life traits, characteristics, manners, all these main things that shape who the person is by the age of seven. And if we look at that, what does that mean? They're under our roof. Mom Mom and dad, mom is the main person influencing and teaching them what they will learn to grow um, and develop as a person, as a human being. So he said, give me a child until he is seven and I will show you the man. You make a difference in your child's life. You are their whole wide world right now. I, I know that that responsibility is heavy, but you are the woman for the job. On that note, let's jump to this topic. So today's message is going to be like a double-sided coin. We're talking about how quickly it goes by, how our children grow up before our eyes, but we're also talking about the return of Jesus. I'm sure we've all heard many times throughout our lifetime, Jesus is coming. Many have tried to predict when. You've heard crazy stories, oh, someone like randomly predicted, you know, April 21st, 19, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. But the Bible is clear. No one knows the day nor the hour but it will come when we least expect it. How do you feel when you think about this sobering truth? Do you feel nervous, excited? Do you feel scared? Do you feel ready? I think, um, you know, for me, I felt all of those things. Um, You know, I'm not like, oh, woohoo, but I'm also like, oh, woohoo. You know, there's so many different thoughts and emotions. Um, You know, so how do you feel? What about your kids? As a godly mother, your relationship with Jesus and the way that you share it with your children is so important. And granted, I know that we are all on our special, unique, individual journey with Christ. 
don't think for a moment that as a mom you have to be i don't even know what the standard you have in your head of the kind of christian or jesus follower you have to be this doesn't mean oh you have to be here in order to teach your kids how to follow jesus wherever you're at in your walk with jesus right there you can share him with your kids I have found that young kids truly learn and retain so much more than we give them credit for. And I'm sure you've seen that too. I have seen two and three year olds at the youngest, um, in my experience, ex memorize and even recite scripture. I used to be the nursery director at my old church in Del Rio and we had this curriculum that we followed and it was awesome. And it was like, okay, Bible verse, they had a, like, mem um, a Bible verse for the month. And I would say it during their snack time every Sunday, every Sunday. And they're little, as little as my kids now as a mom. And they would, their parents would record them and send me the videos of them sitting there saying the whole memory verse. And I remember thinking, oh, snap, it's working. <laughs> like, this is real. Like, I didn't, I didn't expect this little two to three-year-old to literally recite this memory verse word for word. You know, I've seen young kids be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've seen young kids literally pray willingly. You know, even the other day, my uh, our little five-month-old now, um, I was like, oh, telling my oldest, Joy, who's three, I was like, oh, he's having tummy issues, moms. He needs to go. He needs to go potty. You know, he hasn't gone number two, and you know how it is with babies; they get cranky. She's like, well, mom, pray for him, and I was like, oh my goodness, you know. So I've seen not just my kids, but other kids pray willingly, worship God intimately. So mothers, let's not believe the lie that we should start telling our kids about Jesus when they're older or when they're able to understand. They understand now. The word of God is alive and powerful. It's a seed that is planted in their heart whether you see the fruit right now or not. If you're trying to tell your kid about Jesus and they're literally looking everywhere else and playing with blocks, don't give up because they probably... Well, I know that that seed is going in their heart, whether they're like, oh, really? Dang, Jesus did that? That's cool, mom. Or they're running around, you know, doing who knows what. So let's share the hope of Jesus that we have found with our kids. Let them learn the word of God no matter their age. Let them learn to worship and discover his goodness and salvation now. And I'll read the scripture, 2 Corinthians 6, 2, and it says, For God says, At just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. The right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. I mean, that verse is saying, you know, so many times you're like, Oh, I don't know, should I tell this person about Jesus? I've been feeling it, but I don't know. Or, you know, we're just, you know, we're always nervous. Me, all the time included. But it's saying, it doesn't, this, this, this scripture isn't saying, well, when you feel this or when this is a sign for you, it's saying, no, today, every day is the day of salvation for your kids, for your friend, whoever, for ourselves. And so quicker than you think. So we're going to talk about three things today. The first point is that was fast. The second one is he's coming quick. And the third one, I don't even know, I'm doing like all the wrong numbers with my fingers. Um, like the third one is teach them. So let's start with that was fast. I'm going to read Psalms 39.5 and it says, You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. 
that's kind of like oh like our life seems forever in the moment but at the end of the day it goes by like that you know most days are crazy over here like i shared with y'all on my end three under three is no joke having three little people dependent on you 24 7 can make motherhood no small task and i'm sure and i know that all of you can relate in your own unique situation but some days i really do stop and i look at my kids and think wow that was fast they're literally all so small still they're all three and under but they still have grown up so fast like i see my three-year-old having full conversations with me and i remember bouncing her to sleep praying god help this baby to go to sleep and now she's talking with me you know and then my newborn that i just had the other day in the hospital i swear he's five months now you know like it's it goes by fast and to think that the next thing that comes is school and boom adulthood and then i'll be thinking where did my babies go that could make me cry if i let it right now but i know i'm gonna be thinking that oh i'm sure i will look back and reflect on my days with them that i can never get back the long days and the nights i could see their every move and navigate their decisions and teach them right from wrong how to share how to have manners and much more right now our kids were able to tell them what to do we're able to watch what they're doing we're able to lead them but there'll be a day where we can't see every move they make there'll be a day where we can't tell them what the best decision or we could but they may not listen <laughs> you know um, it's gonna be different I want to make the most of now when I view it from the future's perspective it will all go by quicker than we think so let's not waste our days Let's not let the devil steal our joy when the going gets tough. Because I know there will be many hard days where all we are looking towards is bedtime, honestly. And then once they're asleep, what happens? You miss them. You're looking at pictures. You're feeling guilty for random things that you feel like you could have done better. You know, it's an endless cycle of just wanting to love your kids so much. But those days come and go before we know it. So let's slow down, let's stare our kids in the eyes as long as they stay still, and embrace them right now. They will learn to make their own bowl of cereal soon, to tie their own shoes, to do homework without being told, maybe to clean their rooms, to take their own shower, and basically survive as an adult one day without us. But until then, let's slow down and enjoy now before they're all grown up because it will happen quicker than you think. And again, my kids are, the oldest is only three, but I really feel that God's been ministering to me in my good days and the really challenging days. Like, hey, like I see you, I hear you, but it's gonna go by so quick. And, and when I feel that whisper, I try to just slow down and look at them, whether they're on their best behavior or going crazy. And I just like try to hug them and as long as they let me, and I'm like, I love you so much, you know? Um, Cause one day that won't be as easy. And ending on this scripture for this point is Psalms 90, 12. And it says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. And it's crazy because that verse is saying that when we realize how short life is, then we grow in wisdom. It makes you become wise with your time, with your decisions, with how 
you treat each and every day. You become more wise. You don't just waste it and you don't just throw it out the window, right? And so life is short, but the time that we have specifically with our kids in the in, in our grasp and in, in, in our household is also short. So that was fast. Going on to our next point is he's coming quick. And I know that for a lot of us that 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 thought can initially honestly be scary because it's something supernatural. It's something not, you know, we have our life here on earth. You know, we we were Christians or we believe in Jesus, we we love him, all that. But when it comes to like, oh, he's coming, like that's a whole sobering supernatural thought that is is can be a little bit different and nerve-wracking right but the truth is is he is and have you noticed what's going on in our world anyone have you seen all the hatred the lies the corruption the division the confusion the ungodliness all around would it really surprise you if the coming of the lord really is near you know, our, our world, our country has experienced crazy things like this before. All that's happening now has happened in some degrees in different eras, right, that we weren't alive for. But would it surprise you if now was the time that he came? As I look around and see what's going on, I get the sobering thought, Jesus is coming soon. He's coming to rescue his people, the ones who have put their hope in him the ones who trust him, the ones who love him and called on his name. He is coming for you. When you think about it, when you see your child surrounded by anything negative, maybe it's a bully on the playground. Maybe they come home and they say someone's bullying them. Uh, harmful situations. You see them about to get hurt. You see something negative, whatever it is around them. What is your initial response as a mom? You literally jump inside and you say, let me go rescue my child and keep them safe in my arms. Whatever that looks like for that situation, you immediately respond, right? You, you want to protect and take your child out of that negative situation. Jesus has promised to do the same with you. This world was never meant to be our permanent home. Heaven is our permanent home with Jesus forever. There, there, there will be no more sin, hatred, tears, sickness, pain, hurt, no negative vibes at all. Doesn't that sound good for a moment? All this stuff going on, maybe even in your personal life, if you have experienced, you know, trials, maybe right now you're going through one. Wouldn't it sound good to have relief from that? Well, if Jesus is coming soon, let's get ready. When someone is coming over to your house, you know, what do you usually do? You run around, you go get stuff ready, you prepare the place to some capacity. With kids, that can be hard. And none of us would judge anyone for having anything messy if we went to their house, right? Unexpected, especially. Um, you know, right now I have our kids' towels still laying right here because we took them a bath and, you know, there's stuff around, right? But when someone's coming over, we all try our best to tidy up a little bit to get ready to make them comfortable in our home. But let's do the same with our hearts to prepare it for Jesus. Jesus is knocking on the door to our hearts. 
But the thing with Jesus is he won't force himself in. He's simply waiting on us to trust him enough to welcome him in. You know, it's easy to invite someone in your home that you know and you trust, opposed to a stranger trying to sell solar panels at your door. (laughs) Knocking when there's a clear sign that says, do not knock, sleeping babies. You know, they really want to sell solar panels. Um, You know, it's a funny joke. I don't know if anyone's experienced that, but it's frustrating. Um, The question isn't, is he coming soon? Rather, are we ready? You know, and so I know that that topic can be heavy, encouraging, exciting, but also, like I keep saying, sobering. And I'm going to read two scriptures. And of course, there's many scriptures. The Bible talks in depth about the return of Jesus, the signs that will come, what will be happening, what that's going to look like. But I'm going to share two. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 8, it's a little longer, not too long, but uh, just listen in. And it says, now concerning how and when all this will happen. Dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin. I thought that was a very relevant verse and part of verse to share for us because I think we all understand that. That's how it's going to come out of nowhere and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord, Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to the darkness and night. So... Be on guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. That verse is loaded. It's powerful. But it's saying that it's going to come when least expected. But if you are following Jesus, wherever you're at in your journey, this verse is saying, but you won't be so surprised like the rest of the world. It's going to be so unexpected to them. But for you, I am telling you that I am coming. For you, you know I am coming. And you have in your heart this expectation for me to come again. And I like how it ends in that you're comp- you will wear... It says our helmet, the confidence of our salvation. That as you put your trust in Jesus, you can have confidence that when he comes, he's taking you. You don't have to worry. And John 14, 2 through 6, it says, There are many rooms in my father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can can come to the Father except through me. And so, yeah. 
there it is. That verse is also comforting because it's like, Jesus is not like, yeah, I'm coming again. I'm going to get you. He's like, oh, by the way, I'm preparing a place for you. He, he loves us so much that he, he's up in heaven. He went back with the Father. He's preparing it for you. He's getting it ready, and he's going to come and bring us back. And, and just like Thomas said, well, like, how do we get there? But Jesus is saying, it's not this direction, this direction. I am the direction. I am the way to the Father. I am the way to heaven. Jesus is the way, simply putting your hope in him. And so he's coming back quick. You know, um, moving on to our last point is teach them. So, so far we've talked about, you know, that was fast. The, the simple point of, man, our kids are going to grow up fast quicker than we think, right? And really making the most of that time. And then we talked about he's coming quick. The, the powerful topic of the truth of him returning to come and get us. And now lastly, teach them. Joshua 24, 15 says, But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You may have seen that that verse on blankets or coffee cups, or maybe you have it hanging in your house above the kitchen table. Who knows? But it's a popular verse. But really, as for us and our family, we will serve the Lord. As moms, we have this inner desire to teach our kids. We take pride in teaching them their ABCs and their numbers even before school age. We buy flashcards and learning toys to help them learn specific things, right? We try out reward charts to teach them good behavior and chores. We teach them many things starting at such a young age. How many times have you been surprised at what they learn and how fast it sticks? And how many times have you been surprised at the things you didn't teach them, but they picked up on and they now do? You know, how many of your kids have randomly started saying or doing some of the things that you've done and you didn't intentionally teach them? So how much more the things that we teach them? The other day, I think I've shared this with y'all before, but I'll share it again. The other day I was really taken back because my daughters, um, they randomly will watch that show Blippy for a little bit. Not very often, not their favorite, but they'll watch it. And they memorize how to spell his name. And it's B-L-I-P-P-I, Blippy, right? Ridiculous. And the, it's because he spells it at the end of every show. And one day, both of my daughters were laughing back and forth, and they were repeating repeating his name and spelling it out together and making each other laugh like B-L-I-P-P-I ha 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 and just going over and over and I was like oh my gosh and I thought wait a second if they can learn to spell Blippi's name then they definitely can learn how to spell their own name had I attempted at that point to teach my two and three year old how to spell their name yet no I just didn't really you know I didn't get there yet okay um and my mind was blown. I was like, they memorized his name before their their name? No. <laughs> you know, I haven't made a crazy effort yet to teach them. Um, but on random occasions lately, I've written their name down when they're coloring. And I'd be like, look. And I'll try to make the sound of spelling their name catchy. I'm like, J-E-W-E-L-S, you know. And like, Jules. And Jules is like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm like, no, like Blippi, you know. <laughs> but I'm trying, right? They're catching on. Well, 
Oh dear. It's like, where did you think that? Oh yes. Just like they say, kids say the darnest thing sometimes. It's like, I don't know where they got that, right? <laughs> well, that's really funny. Yeah, I feel you on that. And, um, you know, so just like you said, like if, if they can learn these things that they're taught or not taught or influenced to learn, then how much more the things that we teach them? Well, if our kids can memorize these random unnecessary things, how much more the love, the truth, and even the word of God. Have you ever thought to yourself, well, maybe I'll teach them about God. Yeah, when they're older, they're not going to get it now. They're not, how are they going to learn the Bible or scripture even? But I really, truly think that that's a lie from the enemy. God loves the little children. God chooses to reveal himself to them in powerful ways. God desires for us to reveal him, to show him to our children. Your children need to know God now just as much as when they're older. Sometimes we think, oh, when they're older, they'll experience life. It's going to be hard. They're going to need God. As kids, they need God just as much. Let's take pride in teaching our kids about God more than their ABCs. That's important. Yes. But we take so much pride in teaching these academics and good manners, which is all necessary and good. But let's not be ashamed and let's take pride in teaching them about God. ABCs and all that will fade away, but God will remain, right? Let's make an effort to teach them about God in our daily life. Show them how you love God, how you worship, how you pray. Involve them in your daily walk with God. And granted, I know we've talked about many times before here as moms, it's hard enough for us to use a restroom by ourselves, let alone to find time to worship God, to read the Bible likely we want to, to have that relationship that we so desperately want. But in those moments that you find time, you're influencing them, you're showing them. And I bet that you'd be surprised to see their own relationship with God begin to blossom at their age right now you know for for us it's, it's hard <laughs> but what we've there's different things that we've little by little tried and chosen to do to to reveal Jesus to our kids now at this young age and Homer and I we try to have worship throughout the week it, it's not every single day but in the morning whenever we can we don't have anywhere to go we'll put on one to two worship songs on the TV and we'll have worship with God most of the times our kids are jumping they're here they're there we're interrupted the whole time but the more we've done it the more they will pause for a while and they'll they'll go like this their little tiny like two-year-old body and they'll sing and they've learned a couple songs like the other day i put on resurrected king i think by elevation worship um if you haven't heard it check it out 
and Jules, I didn't, I hadn't played it in a while, and she was singing the words. Like, of course she's two, so it wasn't clear, but she was like, King, Jesus, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, you just never know, you know? So those times of worship is when we try to make time, it's like, we need it, we want it, but we let them be there, and they're catching on. And recently I bought a paper kid Bible, um, and what I decided to do, and I try to do every morning for the past maybe week, is while they're eating breakfast, I read, and they have little short stories, so it's enough for them to pay attention and then get distracted, and I'm reading them the book. And now, the other day, I hadn't did it, I, have, I hadn't done it yet. Um, I was feeding Homer, trying to multitask, and like feeding them, and, and they're like, Mom, Bible? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's working. You know, they're looking forward to these little stories. Um, and, and then sometimes throughout the day, another cool resource and thing I find that they like is I found like a kid's, um, worship group. There's many, but it's called listener kids. Um, and sometimes I'll just play it on Alexa or put it on the TV and they have little cartoon music videos and they're learning the songs and they're reciting like Jesus loves me. This I know you like those classics, but they're, you know, new and improved. Will you, and they're learning it. And I'm telling you, I'm literally blown away at like how they catch on so quickly. And those are simple little things that have worked for us so far that I have found like, wow, you know, like it's putting Jesus in their heart in these little tiny morsels throughout their day, right? Um, and so you'll be surprised with how their relationship with God will blossom in those little ways. And I'm going to share a couple verses. Um, <clears throat> As we end, I have a at least five right here that there's so much in the Bible actually that tells us and, and leads us to tell our kids about Jesus. And and they're awesome. And so let me just start. Proverbs 22, 6, I've shared many times here, um, and you've probably heard it, but I'm going to share it again. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. And so sharing Jesus with your kids now will direct them when they're older, whether they are you see it clearly or not, it will always remain in their hearts. In Joel 1.3, it says, Tell your children about it in the years to come, and let your children tell their children. Pass the story down from generation to generation. It's simply talking about sharing the gospel of Jesus with your kids. Tell them about it. In Acts 2.17, it says, and this is a very powerful verse, in the last days, hello, probably more than likely, right? The last days, maybe we'll see. Um, but it seems like it. in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. You know, this verse is powerful because so many times we think to be used by God, he waits until you're old enough to be mature and like, you know, like, or he'll use just pastors or like when, you know, when you learn the whole Bible, he'll use you. No, this verse is saying in the last days, God is just going to pour out his spirit. And even on young sons and daughters, have you ever imagined your, your daughter, your son, just prophesying, just speaking the word of God, just preaching the word, just like being full of the Holy Spirit, you know, I don't think many of us sit there and be like, oh man, that'd be crazy. Like we haven't maybe thought of that. But this scripture says that that is God's desire to pour his spirit, not just on us as moms, yes, especially, but 
on our kids, on our sons and daughters. He desires to use them for his glory, to share the love of God with others. So don't think for a moment that God can't use your kids, however old your child is. You know, it's powerful. In Titus 2, 3 through 8, it says this. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. And here's my main point from this verse. These older women, moms, must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing to say bad to say about us. And so with that scripture, there's, you know, it's important to read the whole context of this part of Titus. It's a good short book. But what stuck out to me with this verse is the importance of older women teaching young women. You know, us as mothers teaching not just our daughters, but yes, our sons. But you get what I'm getting from this is that we desire to teach our kids so much. But this verse is even pointing out how to be a godly person, teaching especially our daughters how to love God, how to, um, you know, nowadays that our world, our culture is distorting the view of women and, you know, all of us have our own opinions here, so I'm not going to walk on any toes. Um, but my point is, is there's a pureness about being a woman and it's okay to respect our husbands and men. You know, not all men hate us. Not all men are against women. And, and this verse is simply saying to teach younger women to be pure, to be wise, and to be godly women and so on. So teaching our kids. And ending on Psalm 78, 4 through 7, it says, We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he has issued the laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them even children not yet born and they in turn will teach their own children so each generation should set its hope anew on god not forgetting glorious miracles and obeying his commands and you know that scripture is so powerful we don't realize the impact we have when we share the simple truths with our children about jesus his glorious deeds what has he done in your life as a mom, specifically as an individual? We can tell our kids, whether they're 2, whether they're 15, whether they're 30. You know, we can share these truths. It says don't hide these truths from them. Because it says not only when you do that will it influence and impact your children right now, but this verse goes on to say generations to come. Did you imagine that your influence and your example as following Christ will not only change your kids' lives, but their kids' lives. It literally has a ripple effect 
from generations to come. And I like when it says each generation should set its hope anew on God. It's not just like, oh, I'm a Christian, so my whole family is going to be Christian forever. It's like, no, your testimony and you sharing the goodness of God with your kids helps them set their hope anew on God. And then it continues from each generation to each generation. So it is so powerful to speak and to teach the ways of God, his goodness, his salvation, his love, and what he has done in your life. And so I hope that that spoke to you in a specific, unique way. Um, And I hope that you heard my heart um, correctly about me sharing this today. And like I always tell you, what I share is what God is speaking to me, what God is reminding me about, you know. Um, And so today we talked about our kids growing up fast and all that that entails of slowing down and embracing. We talked about the fact that Jesus is coming soon. He really is, and it's almost obvious around us. And we ended by talking about the importance and the power of teaching our kids, no matter their age, about the goodness of God. And so with all that being I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening.